We are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Royal Grammar School on Guildford High Street, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Wonderful. Well, hello everyone. Sorry, just don't mind me whilst I wreck everything. Um, it's so good to see you all. Good evening. And uh, my name's Chris, and I have the joy of uh, being one of the elders here at um, Hope Church. And uh, it's really great to be able to gather together this evening, isn't it? And uh, haven't the, the team done such a great job making it look good and just serving us so well? Thank you, guys. So today, I'm just going to speak for a couple of minutes. Sorry, my mouth made me a bit sweaty. So it's quite it's warm in here for once. It's, it's lovely. Um, I'm just going to speak for a couple of minutes um, on the idea of Jesus being the light in the darkness and how this Christmas we can find hope in him. When I was a young boy um, from zero to five, I actually lived in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, whilst I was living there, I lived in the capital, Kinshasa, which is where the rumble in the jumble took place. If you like boxing, that's where Muhammad Ali fought George Foreman. And uh, we, yeah, we lived there. My parents lived there for a long time, um, but I was just there till I was five. And the reason why we left was because the, it was a war-torn country. The military decided to rise up against the government, and they went round killing people, shooting them, taking money. And there was one evening where they came to our house, and these two soldiers, uh, fortunately we, none of us were harmed, but they shot our dogs. My mum my is a British citizen, and so a few weeks later, we flew, they flew all the British sort of citizens out and their families, and we came to England and grew up here. I remember that time being quite a dark period of my life. It was difficult. But then there's been many challenges since, challenges facing racism, challenges with kind of family brokenness, challenges with all sorts of different difficulties in life. But I know that I'm not the only one in this room. Haven't we all faced difficulties? I mean, you don't have to think far. You know, the pandemic, which we're still in at the moment, is, is like darkness around us. It's difficult. For many of us, the pandemic has been difficult because we've experienced separation from families. We've experienced grief, lost loved ones. We've had anxiety about our work or relational tensions and stress. And it's just been hard, hasn't it? Let's be honest about that. It's been difficult. The thought, perhaps, of the pandemic continuing, going back into lockdown, might bring all sorts of fears of further isolation or, for me, homeschooling. <laughs> but the pandemic, over these last couple of years, the pandemic has not been the only thing that's been brought to light about darkness and the brokenness that exists in our nation. When George Floyd was murdered in America, that brought many memories and painful ones for many people here. Uh, and for some of them, that was because they've experienced something of that. For others, it might be because perhaps they had acted badly towards others. The Me Too movement that's risen up massively has reminded us that actually we don't treat women as fairly as men. And it can cause, again, all sorts of painful memories for some and hurt and pain for others. The Sarah Everand murder reminds us that actually there are, our society is not whole and perfect. 
we were reminded by Marcus Rashford about the importance of serving children and loving them well. And so it's really heartbreaking, isn't it, when we hear about young Arthur, who recently was murdered at the hands of his parents. And we're reminded again that, no, do you know what? Children deserve our best and our care. As a nation, we've not done too well either, have we, when we think about Afghanistan and some of the good things we did there, but also some of the hurt and the pain that we caused. And then there's climate change, and you can just go on and on at the list. It's been like a barrage, hasn't it, over these last couple of years? Of... <laughs> That's, I'm blaming James. <laughs> Me and James put that up. <laughs> we, we put that up together earlier. Oh, sad times. It just gets worse, doesn't it? <laughs> just, uh... Merry Christmas. <laughs> For some of us, we might have had all sorts of personal issues, relational, physical, mental, struggling relationships, finances, work. It's been tough. The past few years has been tough, and it might have felt like darkness and brokenness and hurt for many people. Some perhaps not. And so what, we're gonna, what I want to ask you is this. In the midst... Oh, I forgot to bring my clicker. Can you just pass me that, Rachel? Thanks. In the midst of um, all of this brokenness, all this hurt, all this pain, where does your hope come from? Where does your hope lie? What's kind of going to see you through the challenges of life, through the brokenness of life? Is it your finance? Is it, you know, is it your money? Is it your, any possessions you might have, house or car or clothes? Is it maybe a new political leader? Or is, you know, is it in that? Is it in a restored or better climate, where, where does your hope come for, from all, for all these challenges? You know, we're not the only ones who have experienced darkness, dark times. In every generation, people have experienced difficulties, challenges, whether that's war or famine or, or persecution or uh, pandemics or threats to life. And you know what? Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, Isaiah the prophet looked out on the state of his nation. His people had been removed from their country, taken into exile, and their homeland lay in ruins. Families were separated. People were subjugated under foreign rule and oppression. But he prophesied some amazing words of hope in darkness. We've heard some of them already from James, but let me, I'll read them again. It says, the people walking in darkness, hey, they've seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation. You've increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. And you might think, well, why? Why, why would that be the case? Why would a nation rejoice? And he tells us, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. He listens. He gives good advice. He'll be called Mighty God, not just a child, but a wonderful God who knows everything, who is righteous and just. An everlasting father who receives, who has many children, who loves and embraces, and a prince of peace, which we can know in the darkness, wonderful peace. And the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. In the midst of all the darkness that was going on, Isaiah, he looked and forward and to the birth of a son who would be given to the world as a gift. 
of God. And as we heard earlier from the reading, this gift will be known as Emmanuel, which means God with us. And he will be called Jesus, which means God saves. What's incredible is that Jesus wasn't born in a palace like a king. And he wasn't born in a major city like a politician. And he, he wasn't born in a, or from a renowned family like a military leader. But Jesus was born to a virgin out of wedlock in a little town of Bethlehem on the margins of society. Jesus was born to an oppressed Jewish nation subjugated by the Romans. Jesus was born in a time where there was a corrupt political leader. He identifies with us. No, maybe not. Jesus, is that too raw? I don't know. Um, Jesus was born in a family that fled to Egypt seeking asylum. And then he ended up in Nazareth, a different place from when, where his parents came. It's a source of great comfort to many people in the world that he knows exactly what it means to have to flee from one country to go to another, to seek asylum, to be a refugee. Everywhere he went, though, he brought his light. He was born into darkness, but he brought a great light. He treated people with dignity, with value, with self-worth. He brought healing and wholeness and kindness and compassion. He took time with people. He loved them. He cared for them. He made sure that he, he honored them. He stood up for those who were treated badly. He crossed the racial divides. He treated people of the opposite sex, sex with utter dignity and care. He honored children and brought them forward. He made sure that... Uh, anyone that others who would look down on, that actually he would go and embrace and touch and sit with and eat with and meet. He was one who even those who had sickness and diseases, he would approach, he would encounter, he would show love to, he would care for. And you know what? He does exactly the same today. And all those challenges that we've been facing with children, with racial tensions, with men and women, with, in all sorts of different ways in our society, actually, do you know what? Jesus would do exactly the same today. He would come and he would heal and he would treat people with dignity and honor and respect and love. He is hope for Christmas. You know, he also called out the hypocritical and judgmental attitudes of the religious elite of the time. And he ended up being killed for it. And they hung him naked on a cross. They buried him in a tomb and they tried to snuff out his light completely. It was the darkest of times. But the grave couldn't hold him, and death couldn't keep him. And three days later, he rose again, and he walked out of the grave, out of the darkness, bringing his light, and he continues to meet and minister to people today, here in this place and across the world. And, through, and he does that through the power of his Holy Spirit. He's amazing. He's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father, and he's a prince of peace. And he brings his goodness, his life, and his love into our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, pretty much every religion or worldview would say that you need to work hard to make your way to God. That's what you need to do. You need to pray. You need to give. You need to attend. You need to do this or that. You need to outweigh all the bad things in your life with good stuff. And if you get the balancing scales right, you might be okay. You need to do, do, do. But Christianity... And Jesus says, no, it's all done, done, done. Jesus, Emmanuel, not us making our way up to God, but God with us. To us, this child is born. To us, this son is given. 
And he is an everlasting father. He's a prince of peace. And he gave up all the riches of heaven, all that goodness to come down into the darkness of this earth, into the mud and into the mire of our lives so that he could help men and women, me and you, relate with our heavenly father so that he would save us, that he would bring us peace and he would repair and mend brokenness with us, with God and us with one another. You know, more people today put their trust in Jesus than at any other time in history put together. You can add up all the people that put their trust in Jesus, and the amount of people that trust him today is more than all of those put together. I think that's remarkable. You know, people have, even right from the beginning, from Jesus' birth, have tried to snuff out Jesus, try to kill him. Herod tried to do it by killing all the babies under two. And people have tried to uh, call for the downfall of Christianity, and they've, they've prophesied it, oh, this is going to die out, it's irrelevant, it's boring, it's untrue. And yet... It continues to grow, and more and more people continue to put their trust in Jesus because he is the hope of the world, because he's a wonderful, wonderful saviour. And decade after decade and century after century, and now entering into the third millennia, people are trusting in his light and in his goodness and in his love. You know, on the 2nd of January, um, so in a few weeks' time, three weeks' time, We've called that Sunday morning Testimony Sunday. And on that Sunday morning, there's going to be people from our church. They're going to come up and they're going to share the difference that Jesus made to them in some of their dark periods and what it now looks like for them today. And I just want to invite you, if you want to hear about how Jesus makes a difference in people's lives today, then you can come along. They will be here in this room at 10 a.m. on Sunday, the 2nd of January. And you can just listen to what people the difference that Jesus has made in people's lives all around this room. Before I, I finish, though, I just want to ask, would anyone like this £20 note? Hannah, would? Anyone else? Oh, one or two. Yeah, some, some people would. Would you, would you still want it if I put a rip in it? God, that's pretty hard to do. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> It's like virtually impossible. Cool, the queen knows what she's doing. Would you, would you, if I screwed up like this, do you still want it? You still want this £20 note? What about if I put it on the ground and I stamp on it and I rub my dirty shoes on it? Does anyone still want it? S seriously, you still want this £20 note? Who, who wants a £20 note? You, you really still want this? Okay, if you really want it. Okay, let me give it to you. Give her a round of applause. Let me ask, why do you think she wanted that? It was screwed up. It was trodden on. It was ripped up. Well, tried to be. It was, <laughs> there was mud on the bottom of my shoe on it. Why would she still want it? Why? Because it holds a value. Because the image of the queen is on that note, it holds value. And do you know what? Um, I don't... Yeah, the reality is, is this, that every single one of us, the Bible tells us, bear the image of God. And because of that, we hold value. We hold dignity. 
And he loves us. And he loves you. And he loves every single one of you. And you might, this last couple of years, they might have been awful for you. They might have been absolutely fine. You might have felt like that you've been trod on, that you've been screwed up, that you've been spat on, that you've been, I didn't want to do it because of the coronavirus, because, or that you've been, um, you know, you've been, you've been screwed up in lots of different ways, that you've been hurt and um, rubbed around the wrong way. Well, you need to know that, do you know what? Regardless of what you've gone through, whatever the darkness has felt like in your life, you hold immense value and dignity just because you are who you are, because God made you, and he loves you, and he's for you, because you bear his image. He loves you, and he wants to give you his attention today, just like he did when he walked on this earth and gave everyone he met his attention and love and care. The light, it shines in the darkness, but the darkness can never put it out. And I asked at the beginning, or early on, this question, where does your hope come from this Christmas? Well, my hope comes from the Lord. Woohoo, it does, it comes from the Lord. And throughout all the different periods of my life, throughout the racism, throughout the challenges, leaving the Congo, coming to the UK, throughout the challenges of just, you know, doing new life, learning new languages, throughout the challenges of just doing family with the brokenness, the hurt, the pandemic, the homeschooling, all the different things that go on in life, my hope comes from the Lord. And he is good, and he is loving, and his peace surpasses all situations, and his love never gives up, and all of that can be found in Jesus. And if you'd like to know more, at the back on the table, we've got these little booklets, and it says Christmas in three words, and it just gives some more information about what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. And if you've got any questions, you can also come and meet up with us. Like I said, we'll be here every Sunday, 10 a.m. and on the 2nd of January. And we're, in a moment, we're going to sing Oh Holy Night, and we'll stand to do that. But before we do, let me just pray. I'd love you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much that this Christmas we can remember, in the midst of all the, the hardship of the last two years, in the midst of all the difficulties, in the midst of all the hurt and the pain, in the midst of all the brokenness, in the midst of you know, further restrictions and all the different things that are going on with the virus at the moment, I thank you that there is hope to be found in Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that you have experienced everything that we have, that you've gone through hurt and betrayal and pain. Lord, I thank you. It's, it's encourage, encouraging and comforting to me, Lord God, that you have gone through so many different situations, that you relate to us, that you don't ask us to work our way up to you, but you have come from heaven to earth to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And I pray for every single one of us here today, I pray that we would know your love and your grace and your kindness and your goodness on our lives this Christmas. Help us, Lord God, in the midst of those hard times to reach out to you, to call to you, to pray to you, to ask you, to invite you into our lives and trusting, Lord God, that that peace that you promise, you said you're the Prince of Peace, Lord, I pray for peace in our nation. I pray for peace in our lives, that every single person in this room, those online, on Zoom or on YouTube, Lord, I pray for peace that you give through your wonderful son, Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit. And so I just pray now as we can sing again, um, as we remember Christmas, as we uh, joyfully look to all the things that Christmas brings, Lord, I pray would you be with us. In your heavenly name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We meet on Sundays at 10am at the Royal Grammar School in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.